Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Uh, as always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. And it's Christmas time. It's uh, Christmas Eve when you're listening to this. If you're listening to it the day it was published, or maybe it's something that if you're a prepper family, maybe you've started to make this uh, part of your uh, Christmas day to listen to uh, this episode. Because it only usually runs about 20, 25 minutes long, and this year will be no exception. I do have a quick announcement at the beginning of today's show, though, that I want to get out of the way because it's the only thing even close to uh, commercial content that we have today. And it's just that we do have winners to the 13 Skills blog contest, and I promised I would announce them today. So I'm going to give them a quick announcement, and a post will come out this week, probably the day after Christmas, with all of the entries and links to all of these folks. We will put links to the winners, though, in today's show notes if you'd like to take a look at them. And these guys are held spreading the word about 13 Skills, and they want a bunch of really cool stuff these four guys uh winner number one was dan at big dan's ramblings.com uh for his post and uh, he won first place uh danny at new umpi uh dot wordpress.com n-u-m-u-p-i new umpi umpi i don't know how you say his domain name but danny did a great blog post and came in second place Billy over at scarydad.com did a very special episode, 13 and 13 Challenge of Scary Dad, and was able to win third place. And James at Survival Punk, 13 and 13, No Pain, No Gain, was the name of his post, and he won fourth place. So all of you guys will be getting stuff. Darcy said to tell you guys to look for it the first uh, the, the, uh, the first week of January that she won't be shipping anything between Christmas and New Year's during our shutdown. It's kind of a commitment we've made to each other. We don't really do any work during that week. We take that time personally with our family. And that's what I want to talk to you about a lot today. Um, I want to tell you that, you know, this is a family. This, this community is a family. Sometimes we disagree. Sometimes we argue. And I'm sure you'll get to disagree and argue with some families over the next week, family members over the next week. A lot of times emotions come out. Try to, try to hold that back, though. We're excited because in about an hour and a half after I get done with this, um, actually about an hour after I get done with this, I'm going to be on the Zello channel chatting with you guys from 930 to 1030 Central. And then about 11 o'clock, we'll be at the little airport here to pick our son up, who will be flying in today and be spending the next four days with us. So we're really excited about that. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. Spend as much time as you can with your family during this time. I know not everybody can take a week off. Um, and I know some people look at it and go, Jack has his own business. This actually, guys, this actually goes back to when I was broke. I always had this week off. I was in the telecommunications industry, did cabling work and cable installation and switching for the phone company and cutovers and stuff. And in that industry, we would generally have the clients spend all of their money for the fiscal year before Christmas. And that meant that there was no budget to do anything unless there was some kind of special cutover project or something during downtime. Most people in that industry were gone from Christmas till New Year's Day. And I just kind of carried that forward and made it happen with vacation days or however I could because I was doing that when I met my wife. And I always thought how great it was that we were together for not just Christmas, but right through that week, and we could just let everything go. And I hope that the little story that I'm going to tell you today will help you do just that for your Christmas this year. I'm going to tell you the real story of Christmas, the Christmas story that we don't hear. And it's a really great story. It's too bad we don't hear it more because it's uh, it's how Christmas came to be what Christmas is in America. And not 
the Christmas that we think of where people trample each other in a Walmart to get five bucks off of a TV or something like that. But the Christmas that we all know and love, the Christmas that makes us feel closer to each other, the Christmas that makes us give a little more or do a little more. And I just listened to it as part of my prep for the intro from last year. And this is an amazing thing I get to share with this family as we go into this Christmas. Last year, I said, when I put the show on the air, it was the third year in a row we've done it. And 20,000 people would hear it. This year, 50,000 plus. Uh, if anything is being indicated by the downloads lately, it's around 55, 56,000 people an episode now. We've more than doubled in the last year. And I think that's because people are realizing there is a better way to do this. When it comes to Christmas and you see all of the commercialism, there's a better way to do it too. Be with each other, look after each other, take care of each other, and pause. At the end of this episode, I also want to point out, for those that are hearing it for the first time, you're going to hear a rendition of O Night Divine by Martina McBride. Um, I know we have a ton of listeners that are of the you know, traditional Christian faith. We have listeners that are not. We have listeners that are Jewish. We have listeners that are Muslim. We have listeners that are atheist. We have listeners that are deist. We have listeners of every persuasion. But there's something about Christmas in America that's not just the religious connotation. So I'd like everybody to listen to that song because it's magical. It's a magical song, even if you don't share the faith, because of the vocalist. It'll make you think. And if you've been struggling to find a feeling of Christmas this year, after you hear this story and after you hear that beautiful voice, and I remember the first time I heard that, I thought, I, I really don't understand how a human being can sound like that. It was, it was that amazing to me. And uh, the first verse, there's no music, just a voice. And it is the voice of an angel. It's my gift to you this year. Hopefully they won't ever come after me for copyright issues with it. So far, so good after four years. But I know the first time I heard it, I said, this is something I want to share with the audience. That first year, the audience was 1,000. This year, there's over 55,000 of us. And let's let all 55,000 TSPers have a great Christmas with your family. So here we go. The first year Christmas show from 2008. Today we're going to do a very different type of show than what we normally do. If you were here when I did a survivalist view of Thanksgiving, this is going to be a lot like that show. This show isn't going to be how to store things, how to get rid of debt, how to invest in things, how to protect your money, or about the political or economic threats that are out there, or flu pandemics. This is Christmas. This is a special time of year. And regardless of your religious affiliation, if you're an American, then Christmas probably means something to you, even if you don't celebrate the traditional Christian uh, tradition of Christmas, or if that's maybe a lesser part of what you celebrate. Christmas in America has become an institution that brings families together. Many times it brings members of families together that don't even really speak or see each other much during other times of the year. And with that comes a certain level of healing. And as you're going to hear today, there's actually quite a bit of healing that's been done in the United States uh, as our country developed uh, from the holiday of Christmas. Now, I think one of the things that most people probably don't get, and if you heard the Thanksgiving show, it's kind of in a very similar fashion. People 
tend to believe that there's always been a Christmas in America. It's just as American as apple pie and and mom and baseball and and everything else. And that, you know, the pilgrims probably came over here and had Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, sort of like we do. Maybe they did a little, instead of shopping, they did a little gathering for some uh, Christmas gifts in the forest and then celebrated Christmas uh, just a, a few weeks after Thanksgiving the way we do right here today. Well, the reality is that at one time, believe it or not, Christmas was banned. It was banned as being a holiday of decadence. And it started in the 17th century when a a, a big wave of religious reformers actually took over uh, England, and they banned Christmas in England. And it wasn't until Charles II uh, came into power that he brought Christmas back. Uh, with a stroke of his finger or his pen as the king of England. But the Puritans that came to America, right, they, they, they landed in Plymouth, were even more puritanical than these people that had gotten this ban of Christmas done in, in England. And as crazy as this sounds today, there was a lot of support for this type of thing. So when they came to America, of course they didn't celebrate Christmas. Now, the people that were down at the Jamestown colony, not much further into the future, they actually did kind of celebrate Christmas. So uh, at the time that we were first establishing colonies in North America, uh, from England and from, from, from Holland and, and from some of the other countries, there were spots where Christmas was, was, was celebrated and there were spots where it wasn't. Eventually, we got to that thing called the American Revolution, where we threw the English out, and we disassociated ourselves from the crown, and we became the United States. Actually, these United States, as it was referred to at the time, our first republic of 13 colonies that became 13 states. When that happened, as you might imagine, Americans decided that there would be no Christmas, right? Not really like, okay, let's ban Christmas again. It was just that that's an English thing. It's an English holiday. We don't do English anymore, you know. Uh, We're now our own country. But, you know, that didn't last. I guess Christmas is just too much into the hearts of men and women. And it means too much as a celebration, either be it religious or celebration of family. So what began to happen is... Christmas kind of began making a comeback in the early 1800s. But the holiday celebration of the 1800s of Christmas isn't something you would recognize today. It was very rowdy, very boisterous. It was something that uh, it, it was probably a lot more like a New Year's Eve celebration than what we think of as a Christmas celebration. So it wasn't everybody peaceful around the table enjoying a Christmas dinner. It was people out in the streets drinking and getting drunk and carrying on and getting rowdy and carousing and and doing all that type of stuff. Well, right about that time, there came on the scene an author that many people have never heard of. And his name was Washington Irving. And he looked at the situation and what was going on. And the reason it was like this rowdy carnival holiday and and all this uh, attention was going on, and a lot of, you know, people ended up in jail during this thing was because, you know, again, we tend to have short memories in the United States. But in the 1820s, we had fought a revolution. 
we had a few years of true independence. We had to fight a, basically the War of 1812 up into 1814 was a second revolutionary war. The country was still an infant. And in the 1820s, we had gangs, street gangs and thugs and mafia types. We had a big division between the classes, the wealthy and the poor. We had unemployment. We had rising crime rates. Sound familiar? That was going on then, too. And Washington Irving looked at this and said, this holiday could be something that brings people together instead of something that puts people apart. Now, he was a best-selling author at the time, so if he wrote a book, people would read it. And he wrote a book called The Sketchbook of Jeffrey Crayon Gent, which was a series of stories about the celebration of Christmas uh, in an English manor house. And it talked all about these ancient traditions, family meal, hanging stockings, all kinds of things, many of the things that we do today, is these ancient traditions that had been handed down for years and years and years. Here's the funny thing. Mr. Washington Irving had never probably seen any type of celebration like that. Much of what he described had actually never really been anybody's tradition. This one author actually created a huge portion of the tradition of Christmas that we celebrate today. Because when people read it and it said, you know, this is this is what Christmas was about. When people are in a time of peril, a time of strife, a time of struggle, what do they do? They like to go back to the safe, peaceful traditions. If you think about it, one of the best watched shows the first month after 9-11 were reruns of shows like I Love Lucy and the Honeymooners. People waxed nostalgia. They went back. They wanted a simpler, more peaceful time. And into this same type of fray, the same type of you know struggle of a new nation trying to find itself, deeply divided between North and South. You know, this is way before the Civil War, but those divisions were in place already. And Mr. Irving looked at this as an opportunity to bring something special to America. And in fact, before the Civil War, the North and South were divided on more than things like slavery. They were divided on things like Thanksgiving and Christmas. If you remember the Thanksgiving show, I told you that the South celebrated Christmas and the North celebrated Thanksgiving. And the South looked at, at, at Thanksgiving as some damn Yankee holiday. didn't make sense to them. They just didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. And the North also looked down at the South with this Christmas thing and said, you know, what's the deal with this? I mean, if you, you know, the, some of the first states that actually officially recognized Christmas as a legal holiday were Alabama, Louisiana, and Arkansas. All right? And this was in the period of time like 1836, 1838, that period of time. So by the time the Civil War came around, and even immediately after the Civil War, of course, we looked at, you know, this holiday while wounds were healing, while people had just, you know, killed brother against brother, and said, well, that's a southern thing or that's a northern thing. But those two holidays, quite simultaneously, began to be spread as the nation healed itself and rebuilt itself and brought itself back together. And young men and young women that would go to college in the north began to bring the tradition 
of Thanksgiving to the South. And the South began to learn and embrace the tradition of Thanksgiving. And at the same time, the opposite effect was happening, and the tradition of Christmas was being spread more into the North. And in time, the churches took up the mantra of, yeah, we should celebrate Christmas. It's the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ that we're celebrating. Now, we can debate on whether or not that you know, Christ was actually born on December 25th, and the answer is he probably wasn't. If you read the Gospels in uh, time of a census, and it's actually quite cold in that region in December, if they were going to be doing a census where Joseph was taking Mary to the land of his birth for the census, they would have done it in the spring. So it's probably not when Christ was born, but it doesn't matter. That's when we've chosen to celebrate it if we're of that particular type of faith because no one really knows the day of the birth. So that's when it was. So churches got on board with it. Sunday schools started teaching it. And into this came one of our most beloved creations, Santa Claus. Santa Claus brought a magic to Christmas that children could expect. And you know, call me crazy, but... I believe in Santa Claus, and I think most Americans do, in a way. Santa Claus brought a spirit that was encouraging the giving of gifts, a spirit of anticipation. And again, we have to look at what was going on with the whole St. Nicholas, Santa Claus type situation. Again, you have to put yourself into the position of these people. The Civil War had just ended. People were still hungry. Fields had been burned during the war. It was a time not of plenty, but of struggle for both the North and the South. The entire industry of slavery had been dissolved. And of course that was the right thing to do, but it did not go without its consequences. You had an agricultural uh, community devastated in the south because the workers weren't there to do the work in, in the same way that they were before and you had an entire group of people who had been freed into a life where they weren't really, you know, a lot of opportunities so in the cold darkness of winter, and we were still coming out of the grips, folks, of the little ice age here, it was a much colder darker, wintry time when people should be holding on to things, when people should be cherishing the little that they had, what came to America was a spirit of giving. Giving to the children first, and then it spread to giving to your fellow man. And as the holidays of Christmas and Thanksgiving infiltrated our nation, it healed. And we became more of a singular nation because of the two of them. And they really cannot be separated in that role. We live in a politically collect world today where we say the holidays. We say the holidays, we mean Kwanzaa, Ramadan, you know, uh, Hanukkah, and no disrespect to those faiths or those traditions. But that's not what the holidays used to mean. The holidays was an all-encompassing time at one time in America. It meant America's holidays. And it was Thanksgiving. And the period between Thanksgiving and Christmas where we'd have a huge feast and then we would prepare for six weeks for a joyous celebration and a spirit of giving at Christmas time. And those two were the holidays. 
And what does this teach us today as modern survivalists? It teaches us that the things that we fear, the things that we face, the hard times, the hard economies, the riots, the gangs, the class warfare, is absolutely nothing new. And that these holidays brought us through a time when they were actually far worse. And that today we need to view them as people with a modern survivalist philosophy. It's something that can continue to do the same thing. You know, they say there's a time to beat your plowshares into swords and a time to beat your swords into plowshares. Meaning that there is a time for war and there is a time for peace. Well, I believe that every year there comes a few times that are times for peace. If your, ha- if your family is struggling, it's still a time to stop, pause, and just be. If you are concerned about some of the things that are happening in the world, it's a time to just let it go and just be and just share. And if you do that, you'll realize that no matter what life challenges come your way, there are a few things that are really important. And they're probably the people around you, near you, or even geographically separated from you now, but they're close to you in blood and in family. And you'll realize that those things are far more important than what the stock market does today. I'm not going to look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average today. I could give a rip where it goes today. I don't really care. I suggest that you don't bother looking at it either. I won't be on Google Finance today seeing what's going on around the economic world. I won't be listening to any type of alarmist radio. won't be tuning in to hear anybody tell me how bad the government is. I know how bad our government is. I don't need to worry about it today, and neither do you. What we need to do today is we need to look back across the over 200 years of history when this nation was formed by a group of farmers and hunters and merchants. They collectively came together and created the greatest experiment ever done in the world of democracy and created the most free republic ever known under the sun and even though we've strayed from that initial wisdom it is still with us and we connect back to those very first Americans who fought not one war for their independence but two and began to collectively heal and bring their nation together and become one people under the holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas and even a polarized new nation each taking its own holiday eventually blended the two together to create what is honestly one of the most magical times of year time of year when the stingiest among us realize it's not good to be a Scrooge and we go out and we give of ourselves that's what Christmas is for the modern survivalists There's only one bit of serious note that I'd like to request from you today. If you haven't done anything for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines that are overseas, please consider doing something today. It won't get to them. It won't get to them by Christmas. 
they won't care. They'll simply know that you did. And uh, I think it would be a really good thing, a really good spirit of giving, because, you know what, it's those guys that make us able to sit here and complain about the problems that we have with our government. It's those guys that make all of this possible. It's those guys that let a man like me have the freedom to speak my mind on a daily basis to those of you who wish to listen listen to me. Again, I really want to point out, though, that what this time of year should be about for everybody is a simple pause. Yesterday I talked to you about setting goals. If you started doing that, great. Put the book away. It'll be there on December 26th. From the time you hear this podcast today until December 25th ends and you go to sleep with your family, just be with them. Just be who you are. Just be there for them. Put the priority there. Take time. Pause. And realize that's a big part of living the life you want if times get tough, or even if they don't. This has been Jack Spierka with a special Christmas edition of the Survival Podcast. In and hiding till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder a new and glorious moon fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. was born all night divine all night all night divine oh holy night the stars are bright Shining, it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error, hiding till He appeared and the soul fell its
was born. 